You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Pru. Well, Andre, we are uh, lucky enough to be joined by uh, Bev Carnahan uh, this week, who uh, we've had on the podcast uh, two or three times before um, for the All-Canadian Wine Championships. And uh, I thought this year, uh, instead of uh, having her talk about winners and, uh, well, we, I don't think we've ever talked about losers, uh, unless we are talking about you. Uh, but um, oh, you're so clever. Michael. I thought uh, that maybe uh, we would find out what it was like to... Uh, host or run a uh, wine competition during a pandemic? Well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not much of a gambler, uh, not one for the slots or anything, but I did take a gamble this year and um, pushed the competition into the summer when things looked like they weren't going to clear up. But, you know, fingers crossed, um, was hoping that we could at least work with a smaller group and get the job done. And uh, it eventually came to pass and they loosened, loosened things up in Ontario so that we could have 10 people. And then, then it opened up even more closer to the date. So it all worked. So what was, I guess, what was your biggest worry going into it? Cause you usually run it like early June. And um, so what, what was, I guess, what was the big panic uh, for you that, I'll, I'll stop there with my question. All right. Well, I had I had one that's kind of twofold. Uh, either A, I wouldn't get enough entries to <laughs> to keep me in the black and, uh, and I'd have to, you know, apply for one of the benefit packages or B, the opposite would happen and I'd have more than I could possibly manage. And that was a very real possibility because so many of the competitions and events canceled this year. Yeah, everything was uh, everything really was on hold. Did you have like any specific challenges? Like I know you said that you had the things um, that you were concerned might happen, but um, I mean, was it difficult getting enough judges and enough qualified judges to run the competition to to get them um, down to the the county? Uh, well, first thing that happened was all the flights got canceled uh, right after I bought them. So, the, and they were hoping that the judges were hoping that things would uh, loosen up, but uh, yeah, hoping the madness would pass, but it didn't. And um, a couple of the judges were concerned with uh, getting on an airplane, and rightfully so, and the train as well. And uh, so we decided to go with um, those judges that were in driving distance. So that worked out fairly well. Uh, we had uh, a couple of judges from Toronto area, one to Niagara, uh, two just over the border in Quebec. Um, and we actually added a couple of local judges and they were, um, I think, an asset and we'll keep them. We even we even had a a, a pommelier or whatever it's called. No, we've not, and that came about in a different um, setting. I was asked to join a group of female sommeliers in the county for a watershed magazine issue, and one of the women there was a pommelier from one of the local cideries, 
she was a, a partner with her husband. And um, I had never heard of the term. And as we are just building the cider categories, uh, I thought it would be really interesting to ask her along. Was is that so from she, is that from Fieldbird? Uh, Sarah Boyd. Oh, okay. From Lock Lockmore Cidery. Oh, okay. I mean, the cider the cider industry is definitely something that I think we're going to see grow very quickly over the next little while, um, especially in in Ontario. I didn't. I, I don't even know how many cideries we have in Ontario right now. I I couldn't tell you either. Um, but here in the county, they're growing as fast as the breweries. Wow. Well, how many breweries are in the county now? I ask this only because you now live in the county, and you can answer that question probably better than I could. I think we've stopped right now at seven. Gillingham, I think, was the last one. And that Is there was... any... any uh, uh, point that you're going to add beer to the competition as well or is it always going to stay wine no wine only <laughs> wine only no spirits either got it i'm, ju- no. I'm just asking it's enough <laughs> now um, when it comes to running the actual competition um i know being a judge on the ontario wine awards you generally have a room that's pretty packed with with judges you're sitting shoulder to shoulder at tables you need to be able to have that um you know vigorous discussion about which wines you enjoy on the on the panels uh what did running the different uh panels actually look like well, uh, longer tables. We usually have large rounds and uh, more on the panel. So at least four, sometimes five people on a panel. This time we went with long tables. And uh, for the most part, it was three judges per panel. And um, I was prepared to stretch it out over five days if I had to, just to keep, uh, keep the pace a little bit uh, more manageable. And because of all the extra protocols, you know, the uh, not handling the glassware, um, you know, we weren't even washing our glassware. Um, I was prepared to take them home every night. And, uh, you know, all the extra details that go into it uh, during COVID. And, um, you know, so essentially it was just a matter of keeping the judges at arm's length. Uh, but Literally. within, within, yeah, exactly, within talking distance. Well, Michael, you were a judge at the at the competition. Um, how how was the experience different? Different, and do you think that with um, the social distancing measures, there was any integrity of the judging that was sacrificed to make sure that the competition could go- take place? Well, I'll admit, Andre, I was scared out of my wits. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, I, I was I was pretty impressed that uh, the, the tables uh, were uh, longer. It, it felt like um, uh, one of those you know dinners that you have uh, in in the olden days, where um, you know one person sits at one end of the table and another oh, yeah. sits at the other, and there's no conversation that could happen because you're so far away. Uh, so you had to do a lot of those stage whispers to uh, to keep up conversation. Um, we were. Uh, basically arm's length and when you say that um, I had to reach out my arm and the other person had to reach out their arm and then you know we wouldn't be able to touch 
uh, per se. It, we'd have another like a bottle length between us. So there was there was good uh, there was good distancing. Um, all of the uh, servers uh, and helpers uh, wore masks all, all the time. Uh, so that was good. Uh, obviously, uh, we couldn't because of uh, of tasting. But we all had our own spittoons. Uh, we had our own spit cups. So you dumped into your own spittoon. We had our own water jugs. We had our own water glasses, obviously. I think we have water glasses normally to ourselves anyway. But um, I, I, there was at no point did I go, well, this isn't this isn't going to work. Lunches were already pre-plated. So there was there was no buffet, no um, no worry. It was all cellophane wrapped and, and, um, and the, the space was different this year. We were actually at a place called the Cape, uh, which was a large event facility. And, uh, it, there was definitely a lot of space between, uh, between not only tables, but judges, um, and everybody kept, everybody kept their distance, which was, which was nice to see. Well, I mean, I, I can't imagine anyone I'd rather keep distance between uh, anyone except for you, Michael. I, I mean, it's not. Well, I, I know, Andre, and that's why we haven't tasted since February together. That's true. That's very true. I've decided to keep hundreds of miles between us. So I guess, you know, I, I, I'll be honest. I think this sort of answers all of all of my questions about like what running um, a wine competition would would look like. Did you experience any? Um, uh, I guess blowback or just some really nervous people um, when you were planning the event, Bev. Like, was there any like any number one really big red flag that went up, or you were just like, you know, I'm not sure if I can pull this off, or if we can pull this off? Right. Um, no, that's a good question because we did have uh, concerned. Uh, one in particular was concerned that we were going to bring COVID into the county and we have relatively few cases here and uh, we have an older population too so it was a big concern for them and I explained to them the uh, the change in in the judges there were no none coming from out of province and uh, well basically Quebec. I don't count those guys because they're just over the border. Um, but um, that's that's like a different country, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it was it was a valid con uh, concern for them, and uh, I took every effort and I tried to reassure them that I was making every effort to uh, make sure that didn't happen. And I live here too, and I don't want it to spread here. So she seemed content with that. And Andre, it was really interesting. We did have our temperature taken every day, so that was, and we had those little that little gun, uh, like they have at airports. So that was interesting. I think it was more like a meat thermometer, but that's okay. I think it's still. <laughs> um, and uh, um, uh, and, and uh, you know, hand sanitizer, personal hand sanitizer as well, uh, and masks were available if if you and wanted. You didn't have your own. So um, yeah, I, I think Bev did uh, did her utmost in keeping everybody safe at a distance and uh, um, and hopefully COVID free. I, I'm I'm going to say that because I don't want it to come back and bite me in the ass and say and we find out that Martin had it. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, maybe here's here's maybe a, a smaller question then. Uh, you know, having something like hand sanitizer at the, at the table, like the hand sanitizer. Most hand sanitizers has a pretty strong smell. Like, did that not interfere with uh, your olfactory senses while you were judging the wines, Michael? 
Is that one to me? Yes, it is. To you. Oh, um, you know what? I had my own, and for some reason, um, I don't know why, uh, I got some uh, hand sanitizer from Canadian Tire at one point, and it's just absolutely stunk. It was alcohol and sewage water, I think, is what it smelled of. Uh, so anything that I could have was any was better than that. I actually went to. Um, uh, bath and body works and ended up getting some very manly scents uh for my uh for my hand sanitizer and i just i guess i just got used to it so um i i i, I would hope that people would walk away from the table to sanitize maybe you know <laughs> but we were far enough away that you're not going to really smell it i don't think hand sanitizer smells that potent that uh if you're within six feet of somebody you can actually yeah. smell it they're all different, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, somebody told me that Sobeys had one that uh, that was actually like bilge water. So, oh dear, uh, I bought got, one from uh, them. And they got um, uh, they got a, a huge article in one of the newspapers about don't buy it because it smells Ooh. bad. But it worked, I guess. So, well, I guess I guess you know what? the logistics the the logistical questions. I'm, I'm fascinated by this, but uh, I, I think a lot of the people listening would want to know. Uh, who won, and especially given the demographic of, of this particular podcast, how well did Ontario do this year? Ontario um, <laughs> relatively um, did fine. Uh, the The entries from Ontario aren't, um, aren't as large as I would hope. Um, 60% of our entries are from B.C., and as a result, they take home 60% of the awards. Um, one I will talk about, though, is always surprising to me, and I don't know why, because this is the fifth year uh, Marathonian has won the trophy for dessert wine. So they have quite a display case now. And um, who else did really well? BC uh, Kismet. Moon Cursor and La Friends. And then here, a couple of the fruit wineries did really well. And uh, Meldville actually came home with three. Our local wineries did really well. Casadea had a best of category and two other medals. Um, almost everyone went home with something. Oh, right on. Michael, any surprises? Oh, and uh, the, the winner of the best sparkling was uh, Blanc de Blanc, de Blanc, I believe. From, yeah, Niagara uh, College. Niagara College. So that was uh, that was that, that was, was exciting. Huge. Yeah. And then then the Mead. Uh, this is again the third time he's won for this Mead, um, uh, Applewood Winery. I think that's Matt Passafumi. If I I may yes, have, it is. Just, I yep. may have just mangled his last name, but I believe that's that's who it is. And and that madrigal thing is is absolutely magical because it's it's almost like a apple cinnamon pie. It's just yeah, I don't know what he does with yeah. it, but it's, it's a spiced him. mead. Yeah, interesting. So yeah. It's, it's really, really tasty, Andre. If you get a chance to try that, I would recommend it. It would probably also go well with any of your pork dishes. Well, there we go. That's a good idea. And so, Bev, I want to wish you, I guess, because uh, there was no other way to do it, a happy 40th anniversary for the All Canadian Wine Championships. And also, congratulations on running the only wine competition this year. Wow. I'm so. stunned. <laughs> 
I thought, I thought there would be someone show up at okay. the end of the year, maybe. No, everybody else has canceled them oh. up. So you are run the uh, you have run the only the only national wine competition in in Canada. Oh well, there you on have your fortieth anniversary. You just couldn't you couldn't let it forty go by without I, doing something. You know, I couldn't. I couldn't. It was so important to me to do something special, and yeah, this year was special. Yeah, it was like the COVID Olympics. Yes. Yeah, we won't forget it. That's for sure. I don't think. No. I don't think. Andre, anything be, else to say? I don't think anyone's going to be forgetting anything else from this year. But uh, it it was fascinating to hear how you ran the competition, and uh, you know, on top of the congratulations for everything, I, I really do think you need to be applauded for finding a way to, you know, help continue with uh, a little bit of normal in people's lives and and run a wine competition. So we know uh, who we're making the best wines in Canada. Thank you. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Andre, it was like a surreal experience to be in in that room uh, tasting wine. First I of all, I love the, the idea of tasting a bunch of wine again, which we, we haven't been able to do unless we were in the house. Yeah. Um, but also that you really weren't, you know, for for lack of a better term, tete-a-tete discussing the wines with everybody. You were you were basically across a table and and talking, not just whispering back and forth. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, we've we've talked about all sorts of wine competitions, um, either the Ontario Wine Awards, or the All Canadian Wine Championships in in past years on this podcast. But I don't think anything's going to uh, compare to this year's. That's for sure. I, I I think Bev said it's going to be memorable. Um, I think that's the understatement of the year. Well, one of my one of my pictures was the uh, uh, the new normal for wine tastings, which was a, a, a hand sanitizer and and. Um, uh, thermometers, which, you know, at no point in my life did I ever think I was going to bring hand sanitizer to a, to a wine competition. I think that's a good place for us to sign off on this. Andre, it was a pleasure talking to you. I, 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 we just don't get that, that interaction between you and I uh, as much. We're doing a lot of interviews and we have a lot more interviews coming up too. We do. Uh, but I think we're recording this on July 28th. I think there's some more good news coming that more things are going to be reopening. I know social distancing is going to be part of our vocabulary for a little while, but uh, I think we may be looking at uh, taking the show on the road, doing uh, some tastings at some wineries in, in Niagara, socially distanced, obviously. And uh, yeah, I mean, you just said it. We got some really cool stuff. I mean, if you didn't tune in last week and listen to our chat with Nicholas Potel, there is some great stuff to learn about what's well, going on in Burgundy. We all- we also had a great one with uh, the folks of Leaning Post. Yes. And uh, we got some great ones coming up, too. Uh, Featherstone, Angelo Pavan. I'm so looking forward to talking to Angelo. Yeah, me too. Uh, of Cave Spring. And uh, so many more. And uh, Andre, uh, with, uh, with all due respect, I believe, I believe we might get into a social distance situation in the same room next month. I think so too. It's still in it's still in the works. But anyways, if it you want to keep, so if you want to keep, we may be able to taste wine in the same room. So I, w- I'm excited by that. I have to be honest. If you want to keep supporting this podcast, you can check out our Patreon. Look for Patreon.com/slash Two Guys Talking Wine. Um, we appreciate the support to help keep the podcast going. Uh, yes. I'm Andre Prue from AndreWineReview.ca. You can follow me on all social medias at AndreWineReview. 
I, I thought you forgot who you were for a second there. And I'm Michael Pincus of MichaelPincusWineReview.com. I'm usually the great guy on most social media, although on Facebook, I believe I am Michael Pincus as well and Michael Pincus Wine Review, uh, but the great guy everywhere else. Uh, and as always, good night. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes.